Hey everybody, Diana here, talking today about uh, hmm, ordinariness, dullness. Um, let's see. This is Diana here for the Change Worker Podcast. I've been studying some of the aspects of my um, gene key profile, and I've talked about the gene keys before, human design, and a lot of these lessons that I'm going through and trying to process, I talk about on the on the podcast because I recognize the the aspects or the gene keys apply to everybody because we all have genetic material. Uh, we all have deep embedded fears in our DNA that um, have traveled with us as humans through millennia. And so it's the a couple episodes ago I talked about fear and there are why fear is such a, a a useful vehicle for change and transformation. And so try me trying to understand some of my deeper patterns and why I'm afraid and all this other stuff has been it's always been a preoccupation of mine, but I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot that helps my clients and has helped me truly understand some of the bigger key issues that goes on with just being a human and being a human in this world with all the things that are going on. um, To me, the more I know myself, the more I become a source of strength for myself and for other people that I can hold the space for my clients, my friends, my family um, in the midst of extreme uncertainty, you know, and, you know, I think back to, uh, pre 2016, uh, for me, 2016 sort of began a whole process of changing things and how I looked at the world and wanting to change myself. But I think back to 2016 and <laughs> I don't know if I would be, would be pursuing gene key work to the extent that I have been, um, because I'm just trying to understand. I'm trying to find some certainty in, in the world and I'm, I can create certainty for myself, inside myself. And I think that's a really useful skill to have in the world that we live in. You know, the, the resourcefulness, the resilience that we can build as human beings by understanding ourselves and therefore understanding other people and why people do what they do endlessly is... I think a key part of helping the everybody else get through these times. So that's how I look at it. It's it's been interesting, hasn't it? The world, COVID aside, and all the consequences of COVID and industry and the economy and yeah, it boggles the mind. War, genocide, yeah, light topics that no one carries easily. So this is why I look at fear so in depth because there are there is so much fear rampant in the world and there are huge forces in this world that are trying to perpetuate it. And we have to educate ourselves on seeing through the bullshit for ourselves, whatever that leads us to. It's a very individual choice. Yeah, so one of my biggest fears, biggest fears, and I've talked about it before, but I hadn't, 
when I started studying it, and I was like, oh my God, it's just so prevalent in how I approach life. And that is that I fear, excuse me, ordinariness. I fear the mundane. I fear the day-to-day. <laughs> because underlying that dullness is the fact that um, there's boredom, which is hard to process for some people. It's hard to sit with and be with and not do what I know I've done in the past, which is to uh, uh, to get myself out of boredom, I'd create drama. <laughs> I'm still kind of good at it, um, but I don't want to be because it's it's just not necessary. We create drama and chaos uh, for ourselves because we fear boredom. We fear ordinariness. We fear the everyday. And I was just re- reading some of which the you know the the fear the shadow of this particular gene key is dullness. So this lack of polarity, lack of um, the magnetism. And I'll talk about magnetism in a second, but it's, I think what at heart of this fear is the acceptance of ordinariness. I'm not a special snowflake. I'm just like everybody else. And that used to terrify me saying that out loud. I'm just like everybody else because I wanted to cling to my specialness, my special snowflakeness, my uniqueness. And more power to us when we do that. But there's a point where I think we sort of transcend that idea that I am special. Um, You know, and that's usually when we're young. We get grouped together uh, through conformity and structure to be like everybody else and so it's really hard for us generally to stick out because sticking out is and our fear of sticking out is really deeply based fear of being ostracized if I'm ostracized in my tribe I'm gonna die because I'm not gonna have the resources of my community around me that is a very deep-seated DNA-based kind of fear that has helped us survive millennia on this planet. It served a purpose. Now it doesn't. We, we, our brain can't distinguish between, uh, uh, say, a fear of, of being um, attacked in the street by a tiger. I mean, that seems kind of odd. Well, it could be odd depending on where you live, or it could be very normal. Who knows? Um, but uh, most people don't have to deal with that sort of urgency and immediacy of our possible death. We live in a so-called mostly uh, civilized is such a heavy word to use, but we all live in a world where we have certain expectations of our safety, depending on where we live. I live in the United States. My expectation of safety is pretty high. If I lived elsewhere in the world, probably not, because that's just the reality for a lot of people. Um, in terms of the governments that they live under and geographical um, challenges, political challenges. Anyway, I digress. But you see that, you know, if we look at um, the world leaders through the eyes of the Gene Keys, it becomes really obvious a lot of the fears that govern political decisions in the world. I mean, that seems obvious, right? But underlying all those decisions is a deep well of fear. It is not out of 
um, kindness or generosity that a lot of these decisions are made. It's political efficacy. It's political maneuvering. It's survival for the people involved. They can't look past um, their their own survival. It is this, their survival and the ones closest to them. Survival means making money, making money in difficult situations. Again, I digress, but it's been on my mind. So this is why the, the study of fear for me from this standpoint, from archetypes, human archetypes and um, behavior over millennia. I'm a, I'm a historian. I've got a history degree. I love history. And the whole, I forget, I think it was Churchill who said, we are condemned to repeat history if we don't understand it. Paraphrasing here. We're not, we, as people, a lot of people don't like history, don't like to look in the past. It doesn't interest them. Totally get it. But a lot of us also too are arrogant thinking that, oh, that's not going to happen to me. (laughs) And it just, does so it's just the way of the world because we we haven't collectively changed shifted our perspective from fear to something else something a bit more productive for everybody not just the select few so okay so i'm talking about dullness and the fear of ordinariness and you you think of people in in power um what was it in their astrological chart or their genetics or whatever basis you have for people being in certain situations where they're very famous or very powerful. And you look at those people and their decisions are pretty obvious. If you have a general understanding of psychology, um, trauma response of fight or flight, you can see it very plainly in the celebrities uh, in our culture today. It's pretty obvious. And a lot of people are so-called meant to be powerful, famous, visible, influential. And some of us who could be but aren't by choice or because of circumstance, we're, we're all influential. It's just, uh, you know, the predominant cloud over the world is we make decisions. We make collectively make a lot of decisions based on survival and fear. And we got to trans- transform that at some point, transcend it, definitely. Anyway, so one of the things I was reading about um, in terms of being who I am in this particular gene key, which, by the way, is the 15th gene key. Um, I can tell you a little bit about that if you're interested. Uh, bear with me a second here. Got it all on a book. So I got this book, the Gene Key book, like a year ago, and I have not left it. So anyway, this particular Gene Key, the 15th Gene Key, its heading is an eternally flowering spring. And its shadow is dullness, its gift is magnetism, and its city, the highest level of consciousness in regard to this Gene Key that can be assessed and accessed by people, ordinary people like you and I, is called fluorescence. And this whole city of fluorescence involves flowering, a flowering of our true nature, a flowering of a lot of these cities, these higher levels of consciousness. We reach that state. We are no longer unconsciously or consciously interfering 
with who we are and what, what our light is, what our frequency and our vibration is in the world. So that's the 15th gene key. It encapsulates these three uh, different bands of frequency, dullness, magnetism, and fluorescence. So one of the things I was reading in terms of dullness, and you may have this in your gene key profile. I, this is in my business gene key profile. It's not my personal profile, which I find fascinating, uh, but this is such a huge dullness and my fear of the ordinary is at play when I think of my business, when I think of my clients. I want to stir things up or things aren't happening. I've made some poor decisions about money and where to invest in myself and in my company and in my clients. I've made some interesting decisions about that coming from this desire to avoid dullness and boredom. So what happens though with what happens during this process when you transform from this fear of the ordinary, the dullness factor, and you dig deep into that dullness and rest in it so solidly that you understand what it feels like in your body if you fully embrace this fear of mundane things. And for me, I've sat with it the last couple of days like, ooh, that that that's too routine, that's too regimented for me. That is my fear of repeating something over and over and over again. My form of hell, and I tell my clients this, and I work in a place that has a fitness center, so this always makes them laugh. I said, my form of hell is going to a gym. You're going to a place to do repetitive things day after day, week, month, year after year, and it sounds interminably hideous to me. That's my fear of the everyday. What we're missing when we have that, that type of approach and perspective is that there is, this is, I'm quoting the book here, our great spiritual trials aren't met in extremes, but they are met in everyday life the taking out the garbage, the showering, brushing our teeth, getting in our car, going to work, or going to the grocery store. We can view, and this really stuck me, because I'm like, I don't know what this means. Uh, I kind of freaked out when I read the sentence. We can view life as complete exactly as it appears. So what does that mean? What does complete mean? It can mean to me, which I like a lot, a, a sort of blending of the mystical in the mundane. The mundane is mystical. We can find mysticism and mystical things in everyday things. And I know this is true. I've found it to be the case over and over again. When I realize, I'm like, well, God, I'm so bored. I hate being bored. I'm restless. I don't like to do the same thing over and over again and get in a rut. It's like death to me. I've said that before on various podcast episodes, and now I know why, because I fear that if I keep doing the same things over and over and over again, there is no, there is no polarity in which to compare what's going on, because it's all the same. I can't uh, raise myself out of a low if there's no high to it, 
to gravitate toward, you know, in terms of being kind of depressed or being kind of happy and satisfied. So life for us that's interesting involves polarity. And some of us like it in extreme forms. And I know I was one of those people because of this fear of the ordinary. So if I were to accept the ordinariness of life, my ordinariness of life, what does that mean? What does that mean for our clients? So it means slowing the hell down. It means being aware that we are ramping up our nervous system as we look at our schedule, as we look at the clients that we see every day or the bills we have to pay. There is a routine and regimen to that that I've always kind of like, oh, just mm, I itch inside my body. I would be so uncomfortable. My skin would be itchy and hot. And I'm, not that I had, it's like, do I have a fever? It was just my reaction to doing the same damn thing I did last week. That's how long, my three weeks, I'll be doing stuff and truck along three weeks and I'm good. I hit that fourth week and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to blow everything up. I just did. <laughs> and boy, have I done that before. Um, many, many times in different ways. I blew up something in my business, in a relationship with my health. I've blown it up out of this fear of being bored. So you can see how pervasive that kind of fear is. So I think for me, the, the gift inside dullness is this thing that Richard Rudd calls magnetism. So this t- magnetism is a reference to our auric field. Um, and he describes the aura is to him, and maybe it is to other people, aura has been one of those words I've had a kind of a tricky relationship with. I'm like, ooh, that's really woo-woo. What the hell does that mean? Auras. Do you see auras? No, I don't. But I can sense them. Um, so it, it's all about our purpose in life is about the the what's it called um the quality of our consciousness so our purpose in life we probably know on some level but our being able to flower into our purpose in life to fluoresce to borrow that word from the city to flower into who we truly are depends on where we are in terms of our frequency. If we're stuck at dullness, then we can't see this flowering. If we start to get to understand that this dullness is a pattern in our lives that has been very influential, then we can start looking into dullness and accepting the ordinariness of life and in ourselves then we can start to transcend dullness. And that's what I liked about this whole message. I was like, okay, well, for me, magnetism is, um, it's a, it is being able to attract more and more diversity in my life. Diverse people, diverse situations, in some cases, dealing with people that no one else is comfortable dealing with. Um, people who are, I was about the word that popped in my mind, my mind was needy people who are needy. And I don't deal well with people who are needy just for neediness sake. I don't handle that at all. Well, in a therapeutic environment. And I know this, um, I try to call upon as much 
compassionate as I do for somebody, but I recognize that um, they're needy for for things I no one can provide for them, only themselves. So to me, I, I look at um, the diverse aspects of my life and who I know and combining that with this label I have on my forehead sometimes, which is confess to me, tell me everything, tell me everything you don't tell your friends and family and loved ones. I'm one of those people here. Let me vomit all over you, all my secrets. And I've been the recipient of a lot of deep, dark secrets from people. And I I feel good about that in the sense that I played a role for somebody that they were able to tell that to where they couldn't tell that to anybody else but it also has enhanced this the idea that I'm a conduit and I'm just a conduit there is nothing special about me everybody can be a conduit if they choose to be it all it's all the the quality of of your conduit the the vessel that you inhabit um the more diverse my life is the more fulfilled I am and that has been so true for me and it's not out of boredom that I seek diversity. It's more out of this deep sense of compassion for people, being people. And the more I study fear, the more I, I, I'm like, oh, God, poor, poor bastards. You know, we're, we're all dealing with fear and it manifests in some really interesting and violent ways sometimes. That is the level and the depth of somebody's fear when it it leeches into violence in their lives or somebody else's lives. Ugh. Anyway, so if I go into looking as, this is what kind of was funny about a description that I just read in the Gene Key book was, I stand, I could stand in the mundane, the everyday aspects of life as a warrior. And I'm like, what? But if I were a warrior for transformation, which I am, all of this mundane, everyday stuff, the minutia of life is an opportunity for personal transformation. If I choose to see it that way and open up my, myself to that, I tend to do that. You may not. But I think the, the more our aura or our frequencies, the... the um, the level, the quality of our consciousness, as Richard Rudd says, the higher that quality is, if we transcend dullness, I mean, it's sometimes going to be there. I still get bored. I still get why I fear looking at my calendar sometimes. I totally get it now. It's like, oh, this is the fear that's underlying my desire to avoid going to work this week. (laughs) And so I just... I try to remember and remind myself that there are opportunities here every day to learn from my clients, to learn from my colleagues, to learn from life. And I always love to learn. That is one of my biggest loves is to learn. And so I, I can, I can choose to remain as open to those opportunities as I want to, because I do want to flower and, and I believe I have been flowering into a tremendous human being. And I don't say that arrogantly. I say that as somebody who has been on this earth long enough and has fought hard to reveal more and more layers of who I am and to really 
flower into this person I've always wanted to be and had no idea I was capable of being. So there's that. So I look at, um, there's a thing that I, there's a sort of a, I guess a journaling exercise I put myself through Saturday or Sunday where um, one of the things I've mentioned before, I, I think I talked about this in the fear episodes, where when it comes to our fears, when it comes to our shadows, the 64 aspects, the, the archetypes of fear as a human being, and I've, I've only studied a few of them. There are, like I said, 64. A lot of them are not even in my profiles. So I have no knowledge of them. These are the things that are very specific to me. But if I were, the, the, when we try to, when we realize that we do want to transcend a lot of these fear-based patterns, then we, the, there's three ways to do that. And I wrote them down again because I always forget. Um, we allow, we allow the fear and we embrace it, basically. There are three. I can't remember what the third one is. Um, so along those lines, it's, it's just, I can embrace, I can accept in a bodily sensation form how much I fear being ordinary. I fear the minutiae of life because of the decisions I feel I have to make from that place. And by God, I don't want to make the quote unquote wrong decision and that's going to reflect on me as a human being or as a business owner, employee, whatever. And so I'm not going to make any decisions at all. That's how a lot of us operate. So, but if I accept that I, these are my fears, I can start to see the patterns of this fear pervasive in my life. I'm like, oh, that's why I did that thing. That's why I made that decision then because I was operating with this subconscious fear. And I'm like, well, now that I'm aware of it, I don't necessarily have to continue that. And so we can embrace these fears. I can embrace the dullness, the mundane. And to me, sometimes the emptiness of life when I feel dull. When there's like, there, like what I was talking about before, there is no polarity in our lives if everything is the same. So we create polarity with our decisions, our behavior, um, and our avoidance, and our fear of the nothingness, the emptiness. And so embracing that, I think, is really pivotal. I haven't quite figured out how to do that. I'm just learning about accepting a lot of these shadow states, these fear states. I know how deep they are. They, and it's almost, they're so deep and so routine it is hard to question them. It is hard to change your perspective on them because you've been living that way for so long. So when it comes to accepting, you have to call it out. You have to sort of um, go down your list of fears in a formal or informal way. I did this very formally in preparation for the, the two fear podcast episodes. So I, I'm, not, I'm like, oh, yeah, I see it's all over the place. I see these things. And, and, you know, not one fear. I fear, I fear everything that, you know, a lot of other humans fear. It's all the, the, the things we have in common. So, but if I embrace this emptiness, this void inside of me where there's so much potential and creativity, you know, my fear is covering up that light that is me, 
that is all my creativity, all my uniqueness, all these wonderful things I bring to the surface that are in everybody, but it comes out in a very specific way because I'm me. So with dullness, there is also a denial. Oh, I'm not bored. I'm not scared. I'm not fearful of doing the same thing for the rest of my life. I remember my dad, this is years ago, he's been dead for five years, but he worked for the same company for 40 years. And I was like, oh, God, shoot me now. <laughs> I was like, he saw that as a sign of security and longevity and, and all those things. And I just thought, I was like, oh my God, that's a death sentence. <laughs> I don't want to work for a business that we're, they're going to have to haul me out in a hearse <laughs> because I worked there all my life. Oh, I just, I might understand where that fear comes now and I can laugh about it, but I was taking that fear very seriously when I remember when my dad said that. So anyway, there is not antidotes for this. It's just more awareness. I talk about awareness ad nauseum. I get that. But this is another aspect of one of our fears. It's that these fears go so deep that once we unearth them, we see them everywhere, not only in ourselves, but in other people. And it goes back to sort of normalizing a lot of the fears that we have as human beings. Oh yeah, we're, we, we've done this to avoid being, you know, um, in danger. We're avoiding danger by acting like this. And this is just no longer applies in this world as it is for most of us. Not everybody, but most of us. So what my purpose is in this podcast episode is to take a deep dive into something I've been thinking about and tossing around. And I know this is prevalent in a lot of people because people don't like to be bored. So think about that for yourself. If you have any questions, please let me know. And I will be back next time. Take care.